Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Good morning, Tam Tam. How Isn't you? It weird that we always say like good morning, but it, we never talk in the morning. <laughs> I know. It's always like late afternoon. We just trying it's to like, trick good morning, everybody. Good morning, You're like, I'm here with a margarita <laughs> and a vodka tonic. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, hello. It is after 12 noon. <laughs> it's after 12 noon somewhere. You know, I gave up alcohol this last month again, and I've realized I, I haven't drank for seven months in quarantine. Tamman, get back off, fall back off the, is it fall back off the wagon? It's fall back off the wagon. on the wagon, I guess. (laughs) It's only because drinking makes me feel so good. And then I just keep wanting to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns into a daily struggle, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm always like, I'm a better mother with alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) And then then the problem is like, I need to be a good mother without it. So (laughs) I do it does help the homeschooling a little bit, you know, you know. until you wear off the alcohol but um roxy i'm kind of really excited today because i have someone like i'm fangirling over um that we have known for quite a while and i want to mm-hmm. learn more about her and her story and how this whole ride began so can you introduce our <gasps> next yes. yes she is a multi-hyphenate she is an actress a, a singer a dancer an internet phenom she has had some huge news herself this past summer um so she's been all about everywhere and everyone wants to know more so without further ado we have miss nikki blonsky hello hello welcome welcome thank you for having me when did you go blonde Yes, I love it. Fun, it's right? actually for a movie role. <gasps> oh, yes. look at this! I got like I got bangs going on here. <gasps> that is sexy. All blonde up. So right now, it's called uh, it's hat season. <laughs> I love, have you been blonde, have you been blonde before? Have you been I'm, blonde before? No, I've never okay. been blonde for a role or even in real life. I was always that person that like I loved my dark hair and I was huh. like. I always just was like, make it darker, make it darker. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. went lighter. And now that I'm experimenting, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into uh-huh. it. You I'm can get away like- with some things when you're blonde. Yeah. I'm having mm-hmm. this little bit of, um, you know, I don't know how Roxy's hair stays, mm-hmm. but I've only been blonde three times in my life. And I just went lighter like a week ago. And my hair is starting to break off again. <gasps> Every time I get my hair into this perfect, oh, no. like a perfect long, my own hair, no extensions. I'm like, hey, let's go lighter. And then all <laughs> my hair breaks off and I have to start again. I don't know if anyone else experiences this or if it's just my hair. Well, you know what, what I'm shocked mm-hmm. about is like, how quickly the roots come in yes because i was like where did those come from like that was blonde like a few minutes ago yes it's wild it's wild yeah. you're but constantly playing the roots game when you're a blonde you know you're like how long can i go i'm constantly yeah. playing the mm-hmm. roots game in my relationship <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't miss that joke Dude, no. you, literally, you literally gave it to me on a platter i had to be like i can't, I can't give this up i can't give it up i mean look sometimes better you know 
hairstyles last longer than relationships. It's fine. They have, right? so, but for me, I've had I've had hairstyles that have meant more to me than certain relationships. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I know. I sometimes I'm like hair husband hair. But you do have to, you know, you do have to admit when you do get your hair done and it's fresh like that. When you step out of the salon, you feel like a new woman. Like you're just like yeah. I can conquer the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, I've been working with the same hairstylist since my hairspray press, like 14 <gasps> years ago. He's one of my best friends. He's out here in LA, Craig Gangy. And mm -hmm. like, he does like my hair. He does like Anna Kendrick, like a lot of like mm -hmm. really incredible actresses that I just look up to. And, but he's like my big brother out here. So it's like, he's one of the people that while I've had like hairspray and it was an amazing experience, mm -hmm. I got that wonderful relationship and that friendship out of it so i mean oh. and the great hair like he just always yeah. keeps it fresh so okay so now we have to talk about hairspray which i'm sure everyone are, like oh, i don't know if it's a huge. good thing for you or if you're like don't want to talk about it but i oh want to know more about the beginning of the whole experience like to me i want to delve into like you know, to be very famous at a very young age of 18 much, must mm. have shaped your brain to see the world very differently. Um, you know, you're working at an ice cream shop in New York when you auditioned and you landed the role of a lifetime. So mm -hmm. walk us through that period of your life, going mm -hmm. from complete anonymity to uh, it was overnight fame in one of the most successful movies of that time. That success, I mean, it, it must have been like a train came through your life in in probably a positive way and maybe a negative way as well. Yeah, it was very much, it felt like I was shot out of a cannon. Just, yeah. um, I, for me, it started, um, my high school years were really, really important to me. They were the years that very much like when I got serious about theater and got heavily into it. Um, and that's when I started playing roles in high school, like Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd and Kate mm -hmm. and Kiss Me Kate and Carmen and Carmen. And like, I was having so much fun doing that. Mm -hmm. And then when I discovered the role of Tracy when I was 15, when I saw it, um, for my, I think it was for my 15th birthday, my neighbor took me to see it on um, Broadway. And I was just, that was it. I knew that was the role I had to play. Mm -hmm. um, every other role. Yeah, it was great. I wanted to play it. But no, that was the one I had to play. Mm -hmm. And so I remember um, going to, well, there was an, they had a Broadway audition. I would get Backstage Magazine. This is how mm -hmm. I was. Every mm -hmm. every week, I think it was Thursday, Backstage Magazine would come out and my mom would take me to the train station and get my little backstage and I'd circle my auditions and in there was the Hairspray audition. Mm -hmm. And um, I went in and it was for the Broadway show and I went for three callbacks and ultimately they were like, you're too young. And I was like, okay, heart was broken. And then um, I'm a New Yorker, so, you know, I have a little bit of stubbornness in me. And I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going back and auditioning until they just get so sick of me that they hire me. So uh, that's what I did. And I went to go back and audition for the uh, the Broadway show. And it, I checked on the website on my 17th birthday and it said, we're casting the movie. And oh I was like, goodness. what? There's a movie? And mm -hmm. that was it. I It said, don't send in a tape. I sent in a tape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. So and I love it. It was a, it was six months of open call auditions and going back to we, I had my first dance uh, audition in Baltimore. That was my first time dancing ever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was wild. And then I had my first experience out here in L.A. for my screen test. And um, that was, yeah, 14 years ago. Can't believe that. <laughs> Crazy. 
Well, to be like plucked too, I can only imagine be plucked from like obscurity like that, right? So you're like taken from the ice cream store to this like huge Hollywood like movie production. Were you like, how did you deal with that like kind of instant fame like that? Like, were you excited by it? Were you scared? Like, what was kind of like your, how did you process it? I think I was, I was more excited than anything. I was ready because I looked at it this way. I was getting ready to go to college. Mm -hmm. I was ready for that next stage of my life, whatever it was. So college Mm -hmm. was going to be that next phase. And I was ready for the new experiences, whatever they may be, you know, Mm -hmm. here's, here's the next stage that everybody gets to in their life. And then, so I kind of treated hairspray like my college. Mm. I kind of treated that as my time to, you know, be out there and get to know myself and, and, you know, find what makes me happy. And after I did the movie, I was like, oh gosh, yeah, that made me happy. And I got to do that forever and ever and ever. So, um, but yeah, it's, it was intense because um, it was, it was quick when they gave me the part. So Mm. it was like six months that I had been auditioning, but nobody knew about it. So not even friends. So when I got the part, it was the night before my senior prom. So everybody, Um, all of my friends and I are all hepped up to begin with. And now that you toss in like, you know, a movie and we were all just, yeah. So it was really, really exciting. It was an exciting time. But um, I think for me, I was more ready than anything. And I looked Mm -hmm. at hairspray as like my next, the next Mm -hmm. portion of my life. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy the fame that came with it? Or, you know, it's one thing to expect that your life's going to change and that everyone's going to know you. And, you know, my career has been very, uh, slow burning. So it's kind of like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But I you had some big, Tamman, I think you had big, you had some big right from the get go too. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. But I was like in Australia, you know what I mean? So like Australians uh-huh. knew me, but like I'd yeah. come to America, like no one knew who I was or, you know, the show Pretty Little Liars. Yes, it was definitely more recognizable, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a slow burn. You know, that mm-hmm. show became successful. It was obviously successful in the first season, but it has like people have started to love it even more. Mm. But having the type of fame that Nikki had is something that would terrify someone like me because mm. it's like you're literally yourself and then your whole identity mm-hmm. completely changes and you have all eyes on you and it's the, it's so I mean America being successful in America I really think is kind of like you're the top of your game especially in this business so like when you're that successful that fast in America like what does that fame feel like? And is it enjoyable to a certain extent until it doesn't become enjoyable? Mm. It's enjoyable um, how you take it and how you let it affect your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you make it work for you, for me, um, it it was overwhelming. Like it it was a lot, but I knew Mm -hmm. that that's what I was signing up for. And I knew that like this movie, when I heard the cast list, I was like, okay, yeah. This is going to be, this is going to be pretty big. So, but for me, you know, I just love that the message of Tracy is still out there and what she Mm -hmm. stood for. um, And the fact that people, you know, still watch the movie means so much, Mm -hmm. but the fame aspect, you know, it's like anything, there's good and bad sides to all of, all of it. Um, And I think for me, the best part about the fame aspect was I have my family there to support me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's, that's a really important thing when you're famous or you're getting famous or whatever, or you're trying, whatever, having that solid foundation, those group of people around you that are going to keep you, no matter how big you get, 
they're going to, you know, my mom doesn't care that I did right. a musical with John Travolta. She's like, do your laundry. She doesn't right, care. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two craps about that. So, I mean, for me, um, it was a wild, wild journey. And I think sometimes I still, still struggle with the fame of it because I'm like, mm. I, cause I want to, I, it's for me. And especially this past summer after coming out, I really decided to not live for Tracy, to live for Nikki. For a while mm. after Hairspray, I was trying to just be like what everybody wanted me to be. Right. People you know, like the girl mm-hmm. from Hairspray. Mm-hmm. I was the biggest people pleaser on two feet. And I realized, you know what? That's serving everybody but my else, myself. Mm-hmm. Like there's a way to make other people happy and make yourself happy at the same time. So that's, I think, after, you know, it took me 10 years. But mm-hmm. I think now that I came out and I'm in my early 30s and I'm mm-hmm. very much feeling like myself and I'm I'm solid and, and getting more confident in who I am as a person, I feel that, yeah, the fame is a little bit easier to deal with because mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, if you don't like me, then oh well. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm yeah. still going to be here, so good for you. Fame. You know, <laughs> yeah. fame is just, fame is just um, I think the only good thing about fame is it makes you have a, like fame can give you opportunities that you wouldn't have if you mm-hmm. weren't famous and weren't well known. And that is the upside of fame. Um, I think the downside of fame is like what you said about always being under a microscope mm-hmm. and um, you know, people always watching you and you feeling like you can't fuck up. And also I think the scary thing about fame is like when you lose fame it's this weird thing in your brain that says like, oh, what's wrong with me now? Like, what, ha, ha, am I all of a sudden a failure? Like, if, if people don't know who I am because of this show or whatever, like, what do I have left? Like, you start to attach your, um, your identity to being famous, I think, sometimes. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I definitely, my career has been up, down, all around. It has been anything but consistent, but it's been consistently all over mm-hmm. and um i think for me you know i've just learned to ride the wave and i've been you know after hairspray there was that that high fame and then now you know kind of i fame doesn't um doesn't really it doesn't really matter to me as long mm-hmm. as like my work is getting done like as long as i'm putting out good quality work and i'm part of projects that i'm enjoying and i'm for me i think my favorite part of fame is if you can have one is being able to, you know, have a platform and Mm -hmm. be part of charities and organizations that are really, really important to my heart. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, people may not know that are important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe they just see me as the girl from Hairspray, but they don't know that I'm a huge, huge advocate for, um, you know, there was a program that I've worked very closely with in Florida called Shans and it's for kids against suicide and violence um, because Mm -hmm. it's such a highly um, uh, populated area that deals with like drugs and suicide and violence. So I try Mm -hmm. and go down there every year to see the kids, obviously when it's not COVID, but Mm -hmm. these are things that mean something to me because I lost my uncle to suicide in 2008. Mm -hmm. So it's like, these are the things that I feel like if famous people, that's mm-hmm. what they're called, you know, use their platform correctly, then maybe a wider message can be spread and it mm-hmm. can do good. So I think that's the upside of fame to me and to make people smile. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say um, there, there have been 
a lot of fun characters that I played, but nobody's as fun as her. Tracy Hermit <laughs> is the most is the most fun I've ever had. And just so just to know that I can make people smile, you know, at least once a day, then I've done my job, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you mentioned um coming out and really living your truth, you know. Um, why was it the right time to come out publicly this summer and really, you know, put your message out there. And, um, and why also, why did you wait until this point? For me coming out is such a personal journey. Like I knew mm. I had friends growing up that came out at 12, super mm. young. Uh, I, at 12, I was babysitting and, you know, my, I wasn't really on like a path to self-discovery super young other than I knew that I wanted to sing and act. Mm-hmm. Um, dating for me was never like a priority. Um, I had my first boyfriend on the set of Hairspray. He was great. Love him mm-hmm. dearly. He's still one of my best friends <laughs> in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, he is. But um, but yeah, dating was never a huge priority. And then as I got older and I discovered more and more about myself and I always knew that there was, uh, I talk about it in my article that I just wrote for the Huffington Post, where I say like there was something, a different feeling inside of me. I just didn't know what that different feeling was yet. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was a very long, a much longer Mm -hmm. process, I think, than most people. But I also think that was because I was also so focused on like the acting and and keeping my career, you know what I mean? Keeping Mm -hmm. that going that I just didn't, um, didn't really take the time to, to, you know, think, how am I going to come out or how am I going to, and then when, when Mm -hmm. the quarantine came around, um, I, said to my team I was like you know what I'm really ready to just like come out and mm. do this um I think now's the time and they were just it was just a feeling I had I was just ready I had been writing mm-hmm. um I had just started writing my book at that point and mm-hmm. I remember saying to myself if you're going to write this book you have to be a hundred percent honest mm-hmm. every word not just with the reader with mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and so I was like I can't write this book you know without telling the world first, hey, this is, you know, with here, here's, here's who I really am. So for me, it was a personal thing. And it was very mm-hmm. much a personal journey. And it was a decision that I made. And I'm happy to know that that it was something like, nobody pushed me into or anything. It was Yeah, I went to my team. And I was like, I want to do this. And then of course, mm-hmm. um, me being me and funny and silly and love mm-hmm. to dance and sing, we decided to make a TikTok. Yes. And then that yeah. was that was what the how that <laughs> It was me and Very Diana creative. Ross, you know, just spreading the word that I'm gay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you were attracted to a woman and and it it and make and making you feel like okay, like what is what is this that I want to explore? Mm-hmm. Funny, I've never told this story. I was walking into a bar. This is like the first time I, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember. I was walking into a bar in the mm-hmm. city, and it was after Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with my best friend in the entire world, Gino, who's a gay mm-hmm. man, lives his truth, lives with his husband in Harlem. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he is my soulmate. And um, we were walking into a bar, and all of a sudden, it was a gay bar. Mm-hmm. But I mean, after Hairspray, I had been in a million gay bars. Like, right. I'm from New York. Like, that's, mm-hmm. we would go yeah. all the time. And um, I remember walking by and I saw this woman and she looked at me and we locked eyes. And I, I, I never met her. I don't know her name. Whoever she is, I don't know. But she, it was the first time that I looked and I saw a woman and I was like, oh my God, she's so hot. And I was like, what? 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 Hold on. 
hold on. And she kept looking at me and I kept looking at her and I kept walking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but that was the moment that I was like, Hmm, okay. There's something going on that made you feel a certain way. <laughs> I mean, I feel that a lot of women, like I've done that. Right. But I wouldn't say, I, I would say, you know, I would say that I'm heterosexual, um, but I've walked into bars and been like, oh my God, like that person's sexy. And like, I've had that. Right. But it was, it's, it was different for you. It must have felt deeper mm-hmm. than like, for me, you know, it, yeah, it sparked, it lit, you know, for me, it lit yeah. the interest. It, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it lit the match, if you will. But mm-hmm. for me, what kept it burning was when I fell in love with my first girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never talked about this either. Um, yeah, she was definitely uh, somebody who, you know, she made me believe in love for the first time. Mm-hmm. So um, when whoever that person is for you, you know, mm-hmm. man, woman, um, when somebody makes you believe in that, 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 or know that love is real and mm-hmm. you don't feel, um, you don't feel loved because of who you are or because of what you do. It's just for, for Nikki. I think that for me was, um, that's when I said, I was like, yeah, no, I definitely only want to date women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, her and I are no longer together, but I, that's something that's an experience that I look on that forever changed my life because mm-hmm. yeah, she made me believe in love. Mm-hmm. So after that point, yeah, that is amazing. Um, after that point, uh, when you were in the bar, that's when you started dating that soon after that is when it happened. Yeah, I didn't start. I never. I I still don't know what that woman in the bar his name was. But yeah. Yeah. we'll call her yeah. woman in the bar. Yeah, woman in the bar. Uh, <laughs> woman in the bar. Yes. Um, she had short hair. Totally yeah. adorable. Yeah, I remember to this day. She was in a mm-hmm. black t-shirt. Mm, remember, but um, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, for me. It's been just slowly discovering myself also through that relationship and finding out what I want in relationships. Mm-hmm what I want in my life, what I want in a partner. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm still learning every day is, is, you know, I'm single right now, but you know, who knows, who knows what tomorrow will bring. We talked right. to Glenn Doyle, who's, um, who's also, um, uh, she's with a woman. And I, we, I think we asked her this, like, is loving a woman different than loving a man? Like mm-hmm. what is different? For me, um, you know, I just feel like, Hmm. I feel like I'll put it this way in my, mm-hmm. in my personal experience, cause I can only talk from my personal experience. I've been in relationships with men. I've been in relationships with women. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, my personal experience is there's a lot more understanding mm-hmm. when it comes to dating a woman. There's a lot more sensitivity a vulnerability. They understand. Uh, like when I was PMSing my ex, (laughs) that's never going to happen for a man. I'm sorry. A man man should just like walk up with like a box of chocolate and a thing of Taco Bell at your door and just walk. Like, um, and I will say, you know, it's interesting. Um, even just as a friend, like I wasn't feeling that well last night. And like this girl, that's a friend of mine just knew, like she knew Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling good. And like, 20 minutes later at my front door was like my favorite diet, Dr. Pepper and a Snickers. And like, she just wants yeah. to feel better. So it's like, these are the things that I feel like the little yeah. things that women maybe pick up on that men don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying men are bad. I have men. No. In my, I love yes. men. Mm-hmm. I've loved many of them, but, um, 
yeah, I just think it's a, it's a different uh, level. Intuitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Intuitive. So was it hard because you weren't like out, out in public, um, before you came out this past summer, was it hard to date because you are, you know, a recognized person? Like, were you kind of trying to keep it like low pro or how were you navigating that? So dating for me has always been tricky. I uh -huh. always say dating while dating while turn glad is uh, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, but me, sorry. So mm -hmm. um, that's that's always a chore. And then mm -hmm. when you put like you know being gay on top of it, and like uh, you know how, like how do you meet people now? Like obviously apps. So I I put myself on the apps, mm -hmm. and then I would get these messages. No way this can't be you like, no, this is a catfish. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, really? Like, I don't have 20 minutes to sit here and prove to you that I am who I am. Yeah. Just forget it. So, you yeah. know, like that's been a lot of my dating life recently. Just forget it. Yeah. Um, just because it's like, yeah, uh, it's, it's always weird. But I think for me, I wasn't out. So mm -hmm. that added like that extra element of like, I remember being at um, DragCon LA with an ex-partner of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember that picture getting out everywhere because she put it on her social media and she <gasps> didn't ask me prior. <gasps> she didn't ask me. And it was a picture of us kissing. And I remember, I remember being like, well, like, here we go. And I thought that was the minute that the world was going to pick up on it. But I mean, Everyone, I mean, yeah. Now it's 2020, she, I, right? It could I have mean, been Roxy and I. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. You just never do know. Right? I know, right? But I mean, I was I was worried, you know, being in those places and like, oh, is somebody going to drop the bomb before I'm ready to drop mm -hmm. it, you know? And I think, like I was saying, it's such a personal thing. And I feel like nobody ever wants to be outed. You just mm -hmm. want to do it on your own time. So I was just really thankful that. I did, even though she had posted that picture, I did get to do it on my own time and on my own terms. Yeah. You know, so many, there are people on my Instagram that I know are struggling with coming out. And a lot of young people follow me because of the show Pretty Little Liars. And I just want to wrap them in cotton wool and say like, you know, it's going to, I don't know anything about this subject, but other subjects I do. And you, you, you always end up landing on your feet, right? But to come out and to speak your truth and to be who you are fully and completely can be terrifying for people. Mm -hmm. And this, the amount of shame and self-loathing and pain that these people go through, exactly what you were talking about, the programs you work for when it comes to suicide, there's a lot of suicides that happen because of the subjects. And now people are going to look up to you because you have come out. What advice would you give to mm -hmm. anyone, but especially young young people? you know, teenagers or in their twenties who are like terrified of, of saying that they're gay. And also maybe don't have the support that you had, you know, like family support. Family and all that. who yeah. can turn on them. What mm -hmm. do you do? You know, I was blessed to have um, a family who just embraced me. And, you know, I, they, I'm always the wild card in my family anyway. Like my brother's the one with the secure job and I'm like, I'm an actress. So my parents are always like, they know that I'm, I'm the one that's going to throw the curveball in there. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it shocked them all that much. Um, but for people who don't have that support, know that, yeah, it's scary. It's mm -hmm. scary. Even for people who have the support, it's mm -hmm. petrifying. But the 
I believe it's more fear inducing to not be your authentic self, mm-hmm. to, to live an entire life lying to yourself that creates more fear and anxiety in me than just ripping the bandaid off and coming out with it. I understand people can't do that sometimes, whether it be for religious reasons, uh, family reasons, whatever. What I will tell you is this, if you don't have the support of your family and friends or whatever it is, or the people around you know that there's an entire community of people around the world, not just in the United States, around the world. There are gay people everywhere and yeah. <laughs> they are there to support you, whether it be in chat rooms, whether it be in, in you know, online um, support groups, you know, people. I know that I, I answer, you know, as many DMs as I can get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and my publicist does really try because I just want people to know that, you know, as tough as it is to be yourself sometimes, that's your mm-hmm. greatest gift is to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is taken. Right, right. Just be you. But we but still want to be other people. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, Roxy, I feel and like I'm always on my phone going, else, oh, like, why ah. can't I be this? Why can't I be this? Why can't I, be this? Why can't I do this? Why can't I look like this? It's like yeah. that constant comparison. Yeah. I mean, comparison, what do they say? Is the death of happiness? Oh, it's the death of happiness. It's the death of yeah. everything. It's a death you know, of everything. Because you can't, you can never be that person. So no. if you're spending your time thinking about being that person, you will always fall short. short yeah. You know? I'll tell you, I learned, I learned, I know I always go back to Hairspray, but I learned so much from mm-hmm. that movie because you think of Tracy, her ultimate rival was Amber, the pretty, beautiful, mm-hmm. skinny girl. I never on that set, once was made to feel like, oh, I, I want to be Britney Snow or Amanda Bynes. Mm-hmm. No, I was just always so happy every day. I was celebrated for being Nikki and for playing Tracy. So I think that set me up to mm-hmm. just being like, okay, I'm, I'm me. And I really don't, I never felt the need to um, want to be anybody else. I also got the best advice of my life from one of my mm-hmm. co-stars and it was from John Travolta. And he said mm-hmm. to me one day, he was like, just always be who you are. Never change for this business, for anyone. Just always be Nikki. And I consider him a second parent. So I always just mm-hmm. want to make him proud. So I feel that if I'm out here living my truth and being my best version of myself, and if John's happy, then I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> did, did if he, mom's happy if my yes. real mom is happy if my <laughs> no if John Travolta's <laughs> happy because right, right. John right John but you know you mentioned him was he what was his reaction when you came out like did you tell him first before you sort of publicly came out or what was his thought you have him on speed dial by the way yeah, like, what like, the hell she's like yes I do you share his number <laughs> just like I'll just text John tonight <laughs> it's so funny he's the only person that I'm not kidding he's one uh-huh. of the people in my phone that I could text and like he's the fastest texter like he texts right back and I'm like how are you the busiest man in the world and yeah. I can't get half of like the people who live down the block to yeah. like, yeah. you like you have four million things to do and you can't like okay but he's the best and um his love and support I knew I've always known that since Harrisburg I could go with him mm-hmm. to things with things that are either personal mm-hmm. career related I've gone to him for relationship advice career advice and with this I felt like it was such a big announcement Mm -hmm. and I said I need to tell John before anybody else before Mm -hmm. any media outlet picks it up anybody and I sent him a message and it was just like reading it back what it said is for me to know but it just know that it made me cry and it made me feel just fall more in love with him than I already are and like that's I didn't Mm -hmm. know that was possible um Mm -hmm. just 
just, he accepts me on every single level, no matter what goes on in my life. And I think, you know, your, your real parents are supposed to do that. And while mine do, mm-hmm. it's like, you like movie parents, sometimes you just do a job and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But he has stayed that constant in my life and that friend and that, that pillar of support where I know no matter who I am, who I lay down with or what's going on or I, I'm always important to him and he's always important to me. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts that I've taken away from the whole hairspray mm-hmm. experience is not mm-hmm. just like the movie, but the relationships mm-hmm. and the personal friendships that it's bought me. Mm-hmm. When you talk about personal friendships, um, Amanda Bynes was like one of my favorite people to watch and it sucks that I don't, mm. I don't know her personally and I don't know what she's going through, but to see something's happening, you know, I just, there's this thing about Hollywood that can just without the right support, just suck you in and mm-hmm. spit you out and suck you dry. And, you know, I don't know. Do you ever reach out to her and say like, are you okay? Like how yeah. was that relationship? Like how, when you see that she's suffering, yeah. what do you do? I mean, we've chatted a few times and I think, I think with Amanda, um, she's, her and I had the best time ever on Hairspray and like what everybody saw as Tracy and Penny, like mm-hmm. that much fun is what we mm-hmm. really had offset mm-hmm. and in between takes. Um, and so I look at that time in our life and I, I choose to, you know, remember that time and whatever, you know, she's going through now, she knows that she has my everlasting love and support. And I think Mm -hmm. that's with any friend. Um, Everybody goes through shit in life. All of your Mm -hmm. friends are going to go through things. And I think it's important to support them, especially, you know, um, like you were talking about earlier, fame Mm -hmm. at an early age. It's tough Mm -hmm. whether you're 17, um, whether you're 10, whether, you know, it's tough. So I just think what I always tell people is like, I, I would get I would get a little defensive sometimes when people mm. like would ask me questions about her because it would sometimes like the media's asked me like a rude question once mm-hmm. in a while. Mm. And my response is, please just don't ask any questions that you wouldn't want asked or, you know, talked about if, it if was you were suffering. Yeah. yeah, if it was your sister who was suffering, if it was your best friend who was suffering. You, I believe in treating people with the kindness, mm-hmm. you know, that you want to be given. My nan always taught me that my mom's mm-hmm. mom. So that's kind of how I treat that. Um, that area of, of my life, like, we had the best time ever on Hairspray. I respect the love and the bond that her and I built back then. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I adore her. She knows that always. You know, it seems like you guys had such a fun um, group that you're working with from John Travolta, you know, to Amanda, to Zac Efron, who also has had a great, amazing career as well. He's in Australia now, Roxy. He lives in Australia. He's talking about that guy. I know. That guy. That Zac. Zac who? Zac who? Were you guys like pretty close? Did you guys hit it right off right away, like on set? Like, was it just kind of one of those things? Yeah. Not to make everyone woman and gay man in the world jealous but yes we became instant like he was like he was my best friend on the set of hairspray there was nothing every week even when we weren't filming we were together on the weekends Mm -hmm. like oh that's so fun um constantly at my apartment i was always at his doing Mm -hmm. his laundry when he didn't do it oh my god are you serious I will always toss him under the bus for not doing his laundry, and he knows oh, it. So I'd be like, "Listen, how many piles are over there, buddy? Like, what's going on?" Yeah. I, so, 
Um, but yeah, I love him and we just had the best time. And, you know, it's one thing to like play on screen with each other, but then to like go on, we went on like a 10 month world tour around mm-hmm. the world and like got to see the world together and experience different cultures and different languages and, and just premiere this movie that we were both so incredibly proud of. So to share that experience together mm-hmm. and have that bond. I mean, that's something that I haven't seen him in a hot minute, but anytime I see him, I'm like, Oh, bring me into those. Yeah. Ridiculously <laughs> muscular arms. Oh, you can break eggs with those arms. He's pretty dreamy. In an interview that you felt that the industry like took you in hmm loved you and then spat you out and turned its back, um, which I think happens to a, a lot of people. So can you explain your relationship with Hollywood back then and where you are with it now? I think for me, back then I was working for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I think now I'm more determined to not just work for Hollywood, but to make it work for me. Mm. And I think that's something that's come with getting older, Mm -hmm. uh, growing older and um, finding out more and more what I want to do, not just act. I want to produce, I want to write, I want to, you know, so I think for me, um, getting older has Mm -hmm. has made that difference for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And just, yeah. The opportunities though, didn't happen. Like after Hairspray, did you expect something Mm -hmm. to come straight away? Mm. So it was interesting. I had something come right away and I went mm. on to do a Lifetime movie and then I went on to do like a couple. I got into like indie films and um, and then I was kind of quiet for a while. Mm. After I didn't, when I was nominated for the Golden Globe, it was a lot of noise and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Things were going at like 4,000 miles a minute and then I didn't win and everything stopped. Mm. So it was like, oh, okay, wait a second. Like, I just performed my heart out and mm-hmm. I thought it was good enough and I thought everybody was happy with it, but then I didn't win the globe. So I kind of felt like I let people down a little bit or, mm. and really, you know, it was just my own young insecurities, my own 17 year old brain, like playing tricks on me, but, um, but we all have insecurities. So I think, yeah, after I didn't, uh, didn't win the globe and I just was trying to find my footing, uh, mm-hmm. different jobs were coming and I would take certain ones and, um, there were certain ones that I passed on, but um, for me now, it's just about being a part of quality projects and making the experiences that I get in Hollywood work for me, not just me being a part of a film. Mm-hmm. It's making it, you know, making everything a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really changing it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. We have a lot of, you know, people that come on this show that are like you, you know, got famous young, kind of made their, built their career up. Um, and talk about sometimes like people in uh, places of authority trying to take advantage of them. And oftentimes it is a woman, you know, with a man trying to take advantage of them, whether he be, you know, a studio executive in management, what have you. Did you ever experience anything like that where you got, you know, put in positions in that way? I did. I did. Mm. I was on, um, not on Hairspray. That was, mm-hmm. we just, it was just like as good, clean fun as it looked. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Really what it was. Uh, we didn't have time for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> we were just busy working. Yeah. We were like, it was like 24-7. So there was no time for any shenanigans. <laughs> but um, 
yeah. Uh, I there was one film set uh, that will remain nameless mm-hmm. that my I this was the only time I was given like a male dresser, oh. and he was he was straight, and um he yeah he approached me in my trailer. I was washing a dish in my sink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and he was right there and he started to kiss me and I put <gasps> oh up and I was God. like, I was like, excuse me. I like, what's going on? No, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, the next day he was fired. Um, because I just, I went to the makeup person and I didn't even go to the producers. I went to the makeup person because I was very close with her and I was like, Hey, like this, this just happened in my trailer and I'm uncomfortable. I was like, it's not okay. I'm not into him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here to work. Like, I, and she was like, oh, no, no, no. And from then on out, yeah, uh, he was he was let go. So for me, that was my first experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't afraid to, to mm. tell her because I was like, oh, no, 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 buddy. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. This, you may be working on this stuff, but so am I. And mm-hmm. I deserve to feel comfortable and I deserve to feel safe. I don't care if you have a penis or a vagina. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. I deserve to feel safe 24-7. And mm-hmm. uh, um, that's one thing about me. I don't know if that's the New Yorker in me, but I mm-hmm. always my space. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, no, no, no. Nobody's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's why I think maybe people are like, oh, wow. How is it so easy for her to say that? Or like, maybe was she not afraid of like getting fired? Honestly, no. Um, because I was like, nobody is worth me being in fear at my workplace mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So it was more important for me to just tell the makeup person and and then clearly she did what was you know what she thought was right it happens all the time Mm -hmm. that's the crazy thing is like you know when the me too movement came out i said this to roxy in another podcast but not when it came out when it you know people started telling their stories you're like oh no it didn't happen to me like i'm so lucky and then you're in the shower and you're like just like meditating in the shower and you're like oh wait that one time that guy showed me his penis on, you know, on his computer. Oh, that was probably a time. And then you're like, mm-hmm. you don't think about it again. Then you're taking a run. You're like, oh, the time that the guy was changing my sound pack and like kept his hand on my butt for too long. That was probably a time. And then it just mm-hmm. keeps coming. And it's yeah. just like, it, it, it's, it, it's happened so much, but we're yeah. not even... We're so conditioned that we're so conditioned that they're like, oh, that guy's just touching my butt. Like, boys will be boys, you know, like like that whole thing. Talk like that's fine, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like not okay. And I hope that you know, Roxy and I have this three three daughters between the two of us. It's like I hope that we raise our kids to be aware. Like awareness Mm -hmm. is the first thing, and like say no straight away and not Mm -hmm. be afraid. Because I'm so glad that we're now talking about it because again, like you said, I was afraid to get fired. Like you just mm-hmm. don't say anything. You're like, I'll take, I'll take a hand on my butt to not get fired, you know? And then, and then at what point does the buck stop? Mm-hmm. Right. What when point you, you say, say enough is enough. Right. Um, yeah. And I think for, for everybody, you know, it's unfortunately so many people have dealt with this in mm-hmm. this business, not just women, right. uh, men. Right. And uh, you know, so it's, it's, for me, it's one of my, <laughs> that's the only thing when I tell people, like when the whole Me Too thing was going on, they're like, oh, if they didn't know I was an actor, they're like, oh, you're an actor. Have you heard of the Me? I'm like, yes, I've yeah. heard of it. Like I've lived I've it. Lived it. <laughs> I've been on the other end of the phone. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, I've had that nonsense. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, it's, it's not my, it's not something that I talk about too much. But it's something that um, really that experience did just very much 
for a while, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was on on guard with pretty much everybody I met. I mean, now after I, uh, it was funny. I met a, I met, I met a guy yesterday. I was, I'm out here in LA filming and, oh, you are. and nice. I'm like, I'm not in LA. I miss it. So that's why I'm like, Oh, good. How is it? How is it over there? <laughs> oh, it's nice. It's nice. It's fine. Yeah. And while I'm missing New York, I'm like, I'm missing New York. <laughs> I know, especially that's the holiday time. Yeah. yeah. I know it's the hardest time. It's, mm-hmm. it's a hard time, but I think, so this guy yesterday, mm-hmm. he was like, Oh wow, you're like really beautiful. And like he was like getting really close and I was like, so my ex-girlfriend. Lesbian. Do you want me to say it louder for the people yes. in the back there? Yes. Yes. I'm lesbian. I'm like, can you hear me from here? Let me get out my <laughs> megaphone. Like, yeah. So I was like, yeah. So now I feel like hopefully um with that, we you know. People will be like, okay, dudes will be like, all right, maybe we should take it easy on her. Maybe not kiss her in her trailer and you right? know, themselves upon her sexually. Oh, God. Nasties, nasty, nasty, <laughs> You know, I was reading another interview you were doing, and um, you mentioned that you had dealt with some domestic abuse in past relationships. And I just wanted to know, because I know a lot of people listening probably have helped dealt with or are dealing with the same thing. How did you manage to get out of that? You know? Work. Mm. Um, I was on a film set when I was um, involved with that person who mm-hmm. was at, you know, at hand for causing mm-hmm. the domestic violence that I uh, a victim of. And um, yeah, I was on a film set and I was engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember walking on set and uh, getting emails with naked photos of him and another woman <gasps> in our bed. and uh for me right there i just that was it that was it like if if the abuse wasn't enough if all the bullshit wasn't enough right there i'm at work i'm at my safe space Mm -hmm. a place where i i am 100 percent myself and i'm Mm -hmm. here and i'm doing my thing and i have to worry about this so i just sent a very nice email back to her whatever her name was Mm -hmm. and i said excuse me this is ridiculous. I have a movie to go make with Burt Reynolds. Cause it's true. I was walking to set. This is when Burt was alive. We were filming a movie called the last movie star. I said, mm-hmm. I have a movie to go make with Burt Reynolds. So he's your problem now. And that's the last time I ever spoke to them. But um, yeah, uh, that was something that I dealt with. And for me, just burying myself in work and mm. realizing my own worth and that I had an identity before that relationship. And I will have one after for many, many years. Mm. Um, also my mom mm. my mom looked right at me mm. she looked nobody knows you like your mother right mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she said he's abusing and i was like mom no 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 you can't lie to your mother i don't mm-hmm. care how good of an actress you are <laughs> you cannot lie to your mother especially mm-hmm. if it's karen blonsky and <laughs> it was not getting past her and uh mm-hmm. yeah and that's when i came to terms with it and yeah so between work and my family that that saved me from a lifetime of probably you know god Mm -hmm. who only knows of what would have come but um i just i'm thankful every day that i was built with a a pretty strong backbone to stand up for myself Mm -hmm. but also with strong people around me that weren't going to let me fall when everything Mm -hmm. else was crumbling Mm, that's a gift that's a gift you said that you you said that there needs to be more plus size leading romantic roles. Yeah. What 
do you think we need to do? And mm-hmm. how does the narrative have to change mm-hmm. for that to be a reality? You know, I, I think, I think it starts with people just being like, I'm attracted to like people of all different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel mm-hmm. like for so long, everybody's been like, oh, this is what I find hot. And then everybody's jumped on the bandwagon mm-hmm. and been like, Oh yeah, this is the shape we find hot. And then like, you know, five years later, then Kim Kardashian's famous. And now this is the shape we find hot. And then all of a sudden somebody else is famous. And then this is the shape. So it's like, I feel like if we just general, you know, like, lose all of that shapes like everybody is just human and if you're attracted to somebody no matter what shape size that like whatever be proud of that be like mm-hmm. yeah i'm attracted to them so i think when you start like yeah making it more mainstream and making mm-hmm. people seen for more than just their bodies for their mm-hmm. talent for their hearts for the character for the good work that they put out in the world um yeah but i think it's extremely important in today's world with today's generation to show people of all different sizes mm-hmm. let kids know that they're not alone like if you're mm-hmm. the plus size girl in your class i guarantee you're not the only one and if you are you know then there are characters here on tv or on mm-hmm. film where you can turn to and know that you're not alone or that you could grow up one day and maybe be an actor like that, whatever it is mm-hmm. just knowing i think for me it's about representation Growing up, I had Ricky Lake to look up to. Mm-hmm. I adored her. I mm-hmm. loved her so, so much. Much. I would get, you know, every time I'd get a cold, I would eat uh, fried chicken and Ribena, which is uh, like, <laughs> what is, which what is, is which, so I know, Roxy's always like, you, like, you, what you is- stupid Australian drink. You know, it's like always like Sultana. She's like, I'm like raisins. Sultana's and raisins <laughs> is the same thing. Ribena is like a grape juice, I guess. So it had grape juice and fried chicken. Are you chicken. talking about wine? And what I was young and I watched Ricky like I loved her so much. Anyway, sorry. Mm -hmm. She was my Corny Collins. I'm not kidding. I would rush home every day from school with my little Catholic school uniform and I take it off and I'd be coming home rushing. And the first thing I would do would be put on Channel 11, Ricky Lake. And Mm -hmm. I would, I, oh yeah, I would do the whole go Ricky. (laughs) Go Ricky. Go Ricky. Go Ricky. (laughs) So, I mean, when you grow up with people like that, um, Mm -hmm you know, on TV. And then when you actually get to meet them in real life and they're always like, Oh, don't meet your idols. They'll disappoint mm-hmm. you. No, I met my idol and she's flipping awesome. Was she amazing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like, when you're, when your idol is that cool, it kind of really inspires you to just mm-hmm. be yourself. Like, you know, Ricky always made me feel like Tracy was was mine to play and like you know mm-hmm. she was like just go run with it and like to be given that freedom from the woman who originated her was mm-hmm. just like an honor so when i think when you have people like that to look up to mm-hmm. um, people like carney wilson who i adore mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah, um, yeah. and then you go back to the legends of of a time past mama cass the mm-hmm. original you know mm-hmm. so she is my my all-time hero and idol so you know when i have these women um to look up to i i just know that you know i'm doing something right i may not look like everybody else but if i'm in the same group as them then i'm i'm more mm-hmm. than okay with that i'd rather be hanging out with those ladies than anywhere else <laughs> so what are you thinking like career career wise what is it that you really want to do that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet producing 
Mm, okay. I would love to, yeah, I would love to produce. I just got into writing, so I've been writing that as well. But I think developing projects for me has become something that I'm really interested in. The whole, the whole gamut, not just like you know. When I signed on to Hairspray, it was like the movie had already been, yeah. you know, everybody was yeah. all ready to go. I think for me, starting a project from the ground up with a couple of projects that I'm in development with now is seeing all the work that goes into it. So I think mm-hmm. when it gets to the end and you're like, you actually make, make it, hopefully we make them, <laughs> you know, it's like, hopefully it will be that much more um, of an intense and amazing experience. But yeah, I think for me, developing projects, producing, mm-hmm. um, and just, yeah, getting getting my hands into little, all different things. Who knows? Maybe directing. I don't know. At this point, do you still um, deal with like rejection at all from, you know, deals that you're doing or what have you? Or is it pretty like smooth sailing now? Oh, no, I deal with I deal with bullshit every day. You know, I feel like certain people. I I always feel bad sometimes because people, I feel like they're gonna, they want to get Tracy and they're like, oh, she's so sweet. Oh, and I am. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm very protective of myself and my career. Um, So yeah, I think for me, just trying different areas and Mm -hmm. and seeing Mm -hmm. what I succeed in. And if, can I, can I do this as maybe as well as I do acting or does it fulfill me in the same way or in a different way? Or, you know, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the first time in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. This nice. summer. It's nice feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This summer for me coming out, I was like, okay, well, there is no going back. So we are out now. We're going yeah. for every <laughs> single project that we want to go for. Cause what's the worst. Somebody said to me the other day, they were like, how do you go into relationships with such like an open heart being mm. that like you've been hurt in the past? And I said, what's the worst that can happen? The person's going to leave. Oh no. Oh no. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's happened. I said, mm-hmm. I'm more afraid of not loving and not learning mm-hmm. than having something happen and go, Oh shit. Well, mm-hmm. another one bites the dust or that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's important to go through the experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. We have a oh. little quick something before you go. Yes. Never have I ever. And I hope you've done all these never bad things. Have I have done and I have done them all. Let me just tell you, never have I ever done an interview like this. Like, I'm just like, ripped off <laughs> yes, all really? the I love it. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the hot lesbian on the bar. Let's oh my talk God, about I... my crazy ex-fiance. Let's do it all. Everyone <laughs> does this with us. I don't I know. know what it is. I literally, every, at the end of every podcast, someone says... I never have said these things before. And I'm like, I hope well, you're compliments to you because I felt very comfy and safe. Oh, good. We tricked you. Just yeah. We got you. We still have three minutes. Yeah. We can do I always know that when I tell something about myself, people want to tell something about themselves. <laughs> so, we're pretty normal. And you know, at the end of the day, yes. I think that, um, that our listeners, what they love about this show is like, there's just, we don't have time for bullshit and you know we hope that the guests that come on want to share their life and Mm -hmm. their stories with us because you know it's all about the stories that we tell you know Mm -hmm. and it's 
I can't stand doing interviews where it's like, you know, yes, no, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and at I'm the always end of the day, Roxy texting or going, um, can you try to ask this question? <laughs> you know, it's it's nice too because at the end of the day, you're probably helping somebody with something like you're that they're struggling with. You're, yes, exactly. Somebody said to me the other day, um, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "How do you do like interviews?" Or like, and I was like, honestly, I just tell the truth. Yeah. I just tell the truth. Like sure interviewers can try and trip you up and whatever i was like but if you just tell the truth then you're just telling your truth yeah there's yeah. nothing else to worry about no nope, i think we've told too many truths on this podcast right so many truths <laughs> <laughs> yes we... including all the sex positions we were in to conceive our children <laughs> yeah. i know True. exactly the position the, the i know every i know exactly when they were conceived <laughs> yeah. it is so weird because now i look oh at their faces god. and i'm like oh my yeah, god it is really that weird moment in time yes no, especially and, and when I, you and, think about how intoxicated you were and the fact that you probably was not intoxicated roxy you were intoxicated <laughs> okay fine <laughs> that one time that I never thought I was going to be a friend with <laughs> Okay, Roxy Soxy. All right, all right. I you Roxy Soxy. I don't even think you, I've never seen I you wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll wear the new socks that they sent us, you know, with, know. Our, yeah, with, with our, our faces, faces on, on it. it. Okay. Nothing says depressed like socks <laughs> with your own faces yeah, on them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can get any more depressed than that. Okay, go. Okay. Never have I ever been drunk on set. Mm. Never. 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 Nope. No. Never. Not once. You guys. Not, not even when you were rapping something. No, I've honest. I can sit here and say on my grandmother's grave, and I never do that. I've never taken a sip of alcohol on a set. No. <gasps> wow. I did on the last scene of a horror movie when it was the last take because I just cried and screamed for like. <laughs> in weeks that I was like <laughs> cheers to me um that was the last take of the last scene that was it. but it feels weird to be drunk when you're acting you feel out of control yeah oh, yeah I even I'm I'm even awkward when I have to like act drunk I'm always like very over the top. Like drunk people are trying to not act drunk. <laughs> That's true. Drunk people are trying to not act drunk. Yeah. That's the okay. key, right? Okay. Never have I ever One of these questions. Never have I ever, oh, oh, um, made someone in a relationship that I was with sleep outside. Ooh. Oh, never. Roxy and I are like, oh. Uh, yeah. I'm too nice. I'm way too nice. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. I always say, go away, sleep outside. And then when they go outside, I'm like, why did you go outside? <laughs> there have been a couple that have deserved to sleep outside. Uh -huh. We'll put uh -huh. it that way, but I never put anybody outside. <laughs> You're okay. a good person. Okay, go Rex. Never have I ever wished a kissing scene ended quicker than it did. Like you were like, I'm done with this. I want to be out. <laughs> no, Zach and I stood there for nine days. It was great. Oh my God, you kissed him He's for nine kisser. full days? Oh my yeah. God, was he oh, good? He's going to be a good kisser as well as being yeah. hot. <laughs> He's magic. <gasps> so you kissed him for nine days straight. Was he a good kisser? Yeah. Oh. So he's, he's, he's a very talented man all in all. You know, just he's got it all. <laughs> he's got it all. What can I say? Here's the question, though, because Tamin missed out on this when she was doing her kissing scenes. She didn't know that people slipped the tongue. I didn't know oh. for 15 See? years. 
<laughs> the people slip the tongue. Nikki, did you know this? Oh my God. That we slipped, that we, yes. Did you use well, the tongue? He slipped it on me. And Adam Shankman, our director, called him on it. He uh, was like, hey, whoa, just cut the tongue. He was like, uh-uh, no tongue. This is like a, I think this is PG. He's like, this is PG. There is no tongue. So yeah. Um, and you're like, oh. Um, yeah, no one ever used their tongue on me. So whatever that is. Okay. Never have I ever gone through a really like depressed hard period in my life oh god no i i have <laughs> you're like the mind i'm like my entire life <laughs> i'm like hmm, which one <laughs> which day was that yeah mental which health week is important. we talk about right um yeah no for sure I, I'll, mm. I'll be honest this summer coming mm. while i was coming out and like it was a great great experience i was also going through i was pretty yeah i've been going up through with my breakup with my ex so mm. i was pretty yeah i felt pretty shitty there for a little while but mm. i was lucky enough to have my friends and family like hey snap out of it yeah yeah always you know even when you're in it mm-hmm. and i hate when people say the sun rises but it does like mm-hmm. you just at one day at some time you just feel better and that's mm-hmm. That's just the magic of life. Okay, Rox, last one. Go okay. for it. Make it good. <sighs> Ooh. Don't screw it up. Never have... Oh, a lot, a lot of pressure here. Uh, <laughs> never, never have I ever passed on a role and then gotten bummed when someone else did it uh, and you saw them do it. Mm, no, I've passed. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when the movie came out, I was like, she killed it. Um, but no, I wasn't upset that I didn't do it. And it was, it was a pretty big movie too. It was big, big movie. Um, but I, yeah, no. And, um, she did an amazing job. So no, but yeah, sometimes I go, what would it have been like if I was a part of it? Yeah. For me, I tend to, I'm a person who doesn't like to live with regret. So I'm like, well, we make decisions and then we live with decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just True. live with regress. <laughs> That's Have all you, I live with. Has that happened to you, Tamman? Has that happened to you where you passed on something? Well, I don't pass not- on jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I like say thank you so much for choosing me. Um, no, but I have gotten down to like, it was like me, Megan Fox, and one other girl for Transformers. Like a lot of those like things that were very life changing, footloose. Mm-hmm. Um, me and two other girls for Footloose. I think it was mm-hmm. Julianne Huff that got it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had a lot of close calls and that is always hard for me. And I'm not um, kumbaya about it and see the bigger picture. I just don't watch the movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't um, It hurts. Don't, it really I, hurts. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, I'll, I'll watch like a little clip and I'll be like, mm, that, okay, that was enough. Great job. But yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane. Watching someone else because you love your job, right? So it's like watching yeah. someone, for me, it's like watching someone else with my husband. That's what it feels right. like. It's like when you tell your ex, I want you to go be happy. Yeah. Do you I want them really to really want them be happy, but you're like, I really don't want to see it. Right. I don't want to really want to see that in front of my face. And if you're happy, just don't be as happy as you were with me. <laughs> correct. 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 I want to be different. I'm telling you, I want to be a good person, but for God's I still have that like, well, did you have to have the three kids and the white big events? Couldn't you just, you know? <laughs> well, you are human. <laughs> right? I think we're thank all human. You, you have it. I yeah. Know. We right? all are human. Well, thank you so yes, much, Nikki, you, for joining Nikki. us. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so for Fun. Yeah, you just 
I just bared my soul. Woo! We <laughs> like that so bared. Okay, Nikki, tell people where they can find you, the best place. Is it social media or where, where would yeah, you? Oh, yeah, find? the socials. You can always catch me on Instagram, at Nikki Blonsky. And then on TikTok, if you want to watch yes. me, I'm a lot of myself, the real Nikki Blonsky, because uh, I guess just Nikki Blonsky was taken. Um, and you can always <laughs> follow, find me on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Nikki Nights. For my podcast, you can always follow me there. So. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We love and it. We are women on top. Oh, are you there? There you are. Say it again, girl. You froze. And we are. <laughs> wait, we are women on top official on Instagram and women on top podcast on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. And I am Tamin Sursock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are women, The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 